Good morning as we come to worship God this morning and message for us today is the message of the cross. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and pour contempt on all my pride. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved it is the power of God. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my God. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did ever such love and sorrow meet, or thorns compose so rich a crown? But God shows what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God shows what is weak in the world to shame the strong. Were the whole realm of nature mine that were an offering far too small, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. For God is the source of our life in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness sanctification and redemption so when when we boast in the lord we can only boast in the cross lord as we come to you today we ask that you will change our hearts change our vision change our perspective and let us see the cross for the power that it has. Amen. We're going to sing, let us change my heart, O God. Change my heart, O God, make it ever new. Change my heart, O God, may I be like you.
Yes, Lord, we ask that you will come and fill us, fill us into a full understanding of what it means to talk about the power of the cross. And Lord, as we even come to you in confession today, we examine ourselves upon hearing the Ten Commandments and prepare our hearts for your word today. I am the Lord your God, you shall have no other gods but me. Amen, Lord, have mercy. You shall not make, it yourself, make for yourself any idol. You shall not dishonor the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet anything which belongs to your neighbor. Lord, have mercy upon us and write all these your laws in our hearts. Gracious God, we, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. Make us hungry for this heavenly food that it may nourish us today in ways of eternal life. Not only for us do we pray, but for all those who are perishing and all those who are living in darkness, through Jesus Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. Our scripture reading today is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And from verse 18, Christ is God's power and wisdom. Verse 18, the message about the cross doesn't make any sense to people who are lost and are living in the dark. But for those of us who are being saved, it is God's power at work. As God says in the scriptures, I will destroy the wisdom of all who claim to be wise. I will confuse those who think they know so much. 
What happened to those wise people? What happened to those experts in the scriptures? What happened to the ones who think they have all the answers? Didn't God show that the wisdom of this world is foolish? God was wise and decided not to let the people of this world use their wisdom to learn about him. Instead, God chose to save only those who believe the foolish message we preach. Jews ask for miracles and Greeks want something that sounds wise. But we preach that Christ was nailed to a cross. Most Jews have problems with this and most Gentiles think it is foolish. Our message is God's power and wisdom for the Jews and the Greeks that he has chosen. Even when God is foolish, he is wiser than everyone else. And even when God is weak, he is stronger than everyone else. As we reflect upon the scripture, let us sing that beautiful hymn, Keep Me at the Cross.
Yes, Lord, as we read your scripture today and as we journey through Lent as well, we, we want to stay near the cross. We want to hear your voice. We want to embrace that grace that is so available for all who want to come to you. And so, Lord, as we come to your word today, we pray that you will speak to us, reveal to us the power of the cross and the message that we have, not only that will change our own lives, but will change the lives of multitudes as they come to the cross. For Christ's sake we pray. Amen. We read the Ten Commandments that was delivered by Moses when he came down from Mount Sinai. And it is written in a style that indicates that these are the very words of God. And they form the fundamental undergirding of the law of Moses. And in covenant terms, they represent how God wishes the people to respond to God's sovereign and gracious affirmation to be their God and to be their king. And we know that the fulfillment of God's plan in Christ, because of his love, and that grace extending to us is because when Christ came and he said, I did not come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill the law so that those who believe in him will know and inherit eternal life. But very often we want to hear popular messages of of things that will attract people to Christ. I remember an illustration that a preacher used. He said, on this one church there was an ivy growing over the wall and you could clearly see they put this writing on there, we preach Christ crucified. And so as the ivy grew, it started covering the last word and And they were preaching Christ crucified. And then it it covered the word crucified and it read, we preach Christ. And as time went on, they started preaching a gospel that is more speaking about the human Jesus who came to do good work, who came to um, be the nice person that everybody wants to see, who came to be the prophet. And the cross was being left out. And then as the ivy grew, the word Christ was covered. And so now it read, we preach. And so what are we preaching? So when we come to this scripture that Paul is clarifying and bringing this revelation of the power of the cross because there were these two powers in Corinth. The one was the power of the Jews who wanted to have these miraculous signs all the time. Because why? Because they used to it from the Old Testament. There were so many signs there 
They wanted signs. And then the Greeks wanted a philosophy that sounded wise, that sounded good, that sounded something that you could really debate about. And so Paul is very clearly saying to them, for those who are perishing, the power of the cross is foolishness. The message about the cross doesn't make any sense to those who are lost, those who are perishing, those who are in the dark. But for those of us who are being saved, what does that mean for those of us who are being saved? It is God's power at work. I can speak for myself that I never stop getting to know God more and more every day because of the message and the power of the cross. Yes, the power is in Christ. But the message of the Bible is that God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him will have eternal life. But when we get up in the morning, do we realize the power of that cross? It's not a, a popular message. We want to preach things and say things that will make people comfortable when they come to faith. Yes, we keep it simple. We say, come to Jesus. But what does it mean? We cannot leave out the power of the cross. Because they had to be a sacrifice for us to have eternal life. There had to be that suffering for those who were perishing, and that included us. And when Paul so clearly says that this is the power of the cross, he also says what happened to those wise people, what happened to those experts in the scriptures, what happened to the ones who think they have all the answers. Didn't God show that the wisdom of this world is foolish? God was wise and he decided not to let the people of this world use their wisdom to learn about him. No philosophy, no wisdom, no great work, nothing, nothing can bring us to God but the power of the cross. It is difficult to share this message with the world because this is not a message that people want to accept. Corinth was a very worldly city. We live in a very worldly world. With social media, even though we cannot go out into the world, we have social media coming into our homes, which makes it very worldly. It was a place of trade and commerce, and whatever moral views were followed and practiced were influenced by Greek philosophy. We are influenced, our children when we just give them a device to look at all the time because we want our peace, they are being influenced 
by the world because those things that the children watch, if we do not screen it, are the things that come into their lives as well and into our lives. What we see, what we live, what we experience influences us and it changes our perspective. And therefore, we need to be grounded and founded in God's Word as well. And the rational sophistication of such a worldly view will not be able to make sense of the cross. But to all those who are called, no matter who they are, the cross and Christ stand for the power and the wisdom of God. Paul also acknowledges that what he preaches also provides a stumbling block to the Jews in the community whose traditions demand for a continuation of signs to see God's power at work. And for them, the cross is a sign of weakness and defeat. Paul sees his task as helping them to understand the true power of the cross. Any word I say, any influence I try to put upon your life will not help you any unless you call upon the power of the Spirit to reveal the power of the cross. If the power of the cross does not change our lives, that people around us do not see that change, then there is no power in the cross for us. If the power of the cross cannot bring us to a point of conviction of our sin and a desire to overcome it, then there is no power in the cross for us. So therefore, Paul is clearly stating today that when we look at salvation, he refers to us who are being saved. And there's a description about salvation, the action or result of deliverance or preservation from danger or disease. The movement in Scripture is from the mere physical aspect towards moral and spiritual deliverance. It is the free gift of the righteous God acting in grace towards the undeserving sinner who, by the gift of faith, trusts in the righteousness of Christ who who has redeemed him by his death and justified him by his resurrection. Now that sounds very theological and systematic, but what does it mean? It means that there is very much more at stake here than just the clash of worldviews. Paul is talking about the very essence of our Christian belief. God loves sinners and wants them to be able to find a closer relationship with their Lord. God has moved towards sinners by the very death of Jesus on the cross and his resurrection. And Paul also talks about calling. What does that mean? 
He refers to those who are called. In the Old Testament, calling or election was understood to be directed to a specific group or individual. And the New Testament now extends this meaning. It is still an unmerited free gift. Clear that it is extended to anyone, anyone who believes in Christ. It is a summons to belong to the God in Christ. And so when Paul refers to the wisdom of this age, he's summing up the challenges faced by the Greek and the Jewish um, communities in Corinth. And we learn that his congregation was not only mixed, but that their working and social lives were amongst heathens, amongst people who do not believe. I think that we, in our physical state, not being able to go out and working from home, I think we've been protected during this COVID time. If we don't have to work with people who irritate us or their worldview is placed upon us, but we still have the influence of social media coming into our lives as well. Very often, we need to re-examine what and especially in Lent, it's a good time for us to re-examine what do we believe. And when we say that we believe in a crucified Christ, we need to also be able to testify and give a testimony to others that the power of the cross has changed my life. A retired surgeon tells how, as a young and overworked medical intern in the casualty section of a very large city hospital, he had to deal with stab and other wounds of victims after victim after victim who came in throughout the night, especially over weekends. Many of them were drunk or drugged and swearing and kicking. Many would vomit over him and the other staff on duty. He found himself beginning to resent this task. Then in due course, he said he realized that if he took the events and meaning of the cross seriously, if he truly believed that Christ had died and risen for him, a sinner who fell far short of deserving God's love, then surely the words... Go thou and do likewise, applied to him as well. And after that, he tried to see Christ in every patient. And he found that he actually began to get great satisfaction and a sense of fulfillment in every patient to whom he had to minister. This is what the power of the cross does. If there's anything in your life that you are struggling with at the moment, remember how the power of the cross, if it's a person, see Christ in that person. If it's a task, see Christ 
in that task. And when we see Christ, we see the power of the cross. Amen. Lord, as we come to you today, we ask that you will open our eyes. Open our eyes. As we sing our next hymn, we are going to take up the offering. Open our eyes, Lord, so that we can see Jesus.
Yes, Lord, we ask that you will enable us to, to see you. Enable us to capture the power of the cross. Enable us, Lord, to, to transform and change for your glory. And Lord, as we sing, open our eyes. We ask that you will open the eyes of those who are perishing. Open the eyes of those who are in the dark. Open the eyes of those who refuse to come to you. Lord, we have loved ones, we have friends. There are so many that we know whom we love and we know that you love them as well. Open their eyes as well, Lord, so that they too can say, you are my Lord and my God. And Lord, as we offer ourselves to you as we go out, we pray too that as you bless us, you will bless this offering for the sake of your kingdom, your glory and your power. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen.